very pleased to have in the studio with me this morning, Mr. Brian Dorsey. Welcome, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, every every week I bring in usually lawyers uh, to talk about the law, but the whole show is about empowering people. Yes. And so I'm trying to also bring in, and I have over the years brought in financial people. Okay. Because it's important for people to know how to manage their money. I agree. You know, we all work really hard. Over the course of your life, you actually make a lot of money. People don't realize it, okay? Because it, it, it comes in and goes out, you know what I mean? So I am very pleased to have you. I've had other advisors on the talk about how you save for college for your children, mm -hmm. talk about long-term care, you know, things of that sort. But you are a, a, a quintessential financial advisor mm -hmm. in the sense that I asked you to come on to talk about why do you use a financial advisor? Okay. What are the benefits of using an advisor? Do you have to be a multimillionaire to have a financial advisor? These are all questions that yeah, I know my clients ask, or if they don't already have an advisor and I recommend it, they say, oh, I don't have enough money for that, you know? <laughs> so I, I want you to talk to us about why you have a financial, and what you all do, okay. okay? But before you get started, let me tell you a little about Brian. Brian is a fully licensed financial planner with Mass Mutual General in, in Greater Washington, uh, the Greater Washington Group. He has his Series 6, 63, 65, and Series 7 license, licenses through FINRA and is registered with the SEC. Right. Okay. You're a graduate of Longwood University of Farmville, Virginia. He is a Washingtonian? Are you from this area? Is that right? From this area. From this? Yep. Born uh, in uh, Alexandria and raised most of my life in the good old country of uh, Waldorf. Okay. <laughs> good old country of Waldorf. Okay. We'll take that. We'll take that. Um, he was with uh, Ameriprise Financial. Mm -hmm. He's a, pre a President's Award winning advisor while at Ameriprise Financial. Uh, he's got quite a few awards, in fact. He currently manages over $7 million in assets for your clients. Yes. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. That's very, very good. Um, he is a member of the organization of SIPC. He's been married to the same lady for 25 years. <laughs> yes, and has three sons. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian III. Mm -hmm. Michael and Christopher. Christopher, right. So welcome to Law Talk, Brian. Uh, he is in Greenbelt, okay? And when we, uh, after the next break, I'm going to give you his phone number. And uh, But in the meantime, Brian, welcome to Law Talk. I want you to talk to us about why a person would want to use a financial advisor and who would need a financial advisor. Well, um, the the investment arena specifically mm -hmm. become uh, very complex. Um, it used to be uh, the adage of you had stocks and bonds and for the most part um, some real estate and that was primarily it. Uh, well now, currently now, you have stocks, bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, uh, options trading, um, uh, uh, all kinds of activities out there. Yeah, I saw something called iShares. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what is an iShare? Never heard of that. Yep. Oh, hold on just a moment. Just a minute. We need, you need to switch mics. Okay. 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 So 
better. Yeah. Okay, go on. Mm -hmm. So with the myriad of investments out there that are on the landscape now, um, navigating through that can be a little bit complex and in some cases seem a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is sometimes when you get a little bit overwhelmed, as I'm sure you're aware, and even in the law mm -hmm. field, uh, a lot of people don't take action because it's almost like the deer in headlights. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, whether you take action or not, uh, if you don't have a plan, you have a plan by default. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So working with an advisor can, first of all, help you crystallize what are your objectives, what are you trying to accomplish, and within what time frames. That's good. Right. What are your objectives? What are you trying to accomplish? And what's the time frame mm -hmm. that you want to accomplish it? So give us some examples of the kind of things that people will come in and, and say to you, you know, I want to retire. Or what, you know, what kind of things are do you hear in your practice? Um, retirement is common. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people want to plan for, um, you know, coming out of a certain designation, designated time of yeah. 55 or age 60 or 65 sometimes. Um, one of the things that I'm running across a lot lately, though, is a lot of people are trying to manage and deal with debt. Ah, okay. <clears throat> so you help with that, too? Mm -hmm. I help. Basically, what I do around that is to help them identify their cash flow, how their cash flow is coming into the house, what it's going out for, and helping them to, de to develop a budget, which uh, I know a lot of people don't like to hear that don't word. Don't like that budget. word. <laughs> I don't like that word either. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I'm like, uh, do I have to? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the Robitussin. It'll make you feel better. It might uh -huh. not taste good. might not taste good, but it, you'll see the results. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So helping them to develop a budget, which actually puts them on a good path to accomplish their other objectives. Uh huh. Right. So that's good. Right. A lot mm -hmm. of times, a lot of clients, um, when they're sitting down with me, they really can't even get an idea of, you know, what, am I even in a position to look at my goals because uh -huh. uh, they feel so overwhelmed. I see. That's good. That's good. Well, you have a nice, calm manner. <laughs> you know, I mean, he really does. And, I, and I've worked with you and some of your clients, and you have a very good way of guiding people yeah. in a very calm way yeah. you know which is which is helpful because money causes anxiety for I a agree. lot of people they really do it really does so talk to me about um like sometimes i have somebody will come in the office and they may have 10 different accounts mm -hmm. they especially if they're older they got cds all over the place mm -hmm. i had one lady had 21 cds wow you know because every time a child was born, she'd get a CD. Okay. Or every time a grandchild was born, she'd get a CD. <laughs> and then she just left them there. And, you know, they would be growing, but in her mind, they were still the same $2,000 that she put in there, you know? Yeah. And it's good because, especially 80 and 90-year-olds, they were really good savers, mm -hmm. really good savers. Mm -hmm. And so they're surprised when you add all that stuff up. But more importantly, what I'm finding is that because nobody knows you have all those CDs, mm -hmm. they get lost. Oh, yeah. They get lost, and you don't get a monthly statement from a CD, mm -hmm. you know. So if you've... And and if you've moved from one bank to another, your children may not know to go back to that old bank to find out 
did you leave some CDs over there? Exactly. You know? So do you help people to accumulate and put together all their assets? Yes. That's um, also part of my analysis when I'm working with clients is I have to have an understanding of everything Oh, that's good, because a lot of advisors don't do that. No. A lot of advisors, I know a lot of advisors who, they manage one part, mm -hmm. like they, maybe they'll manage the retirement account, mm -hmm. and they don't know a thing about the bank, the regular bank accounts or their insurance or anything. So talk to me a little bit about your process so people get a, a feeling for how the financial planning process works. Okay. First and foremost, it always starts with an initial uh, meeting, and it, <clears throat> the purpose of that initial meeting is really simple. It's to get an idea of what uh, are you trying to accomplish. Again, what are your goals and objectives? Mm -hmm. uh, what are the time frames where you're looking for a lot of these activities to be in place, whether that's college planning, whether that's retirement planning. Buying a house. Buying a house. Buying a new car. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And what time frame do you want to have those um, objectives accomplished? Going on vacation every yep. other month. All the things. <laughs> yeah. And then in combination with that, you also wanted to get an idea of, okay, what are your comfort levels with some of these investment arenas out there that you may or may not be aware of? And do I need to do a little bit of an education process mm -hmm. um, to bring you up to date and bring you up to speed with some of the things that are available to you? For example? Uh, well, you mentioned, for instance, uh, something called iShares. Yeah, uh, I saw that. I was like, what is an iShare? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it's it's not a new product. It's actually been out for quite some time, a little, almost about 15, maybe close to 20, not quite 20, but close to 20 years. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, simply in a nutshell, it's called an exchange-traded fund. So it's basically a mutual fund that you can trade on the open stock market. You trade the mutual fund? Mm -hmm. On the open stock market. Wow. Right. So what that enables an individual to do is to... Fund? Mm -hmm. On the open stock market. Wow. Right. So what that enables an individual to do is to uh, be able to have instant diversification because of the mutual fund arena or mutual fund um, uh, constituency. And then from that mutual fund uh, consistency, that gives you the diversification, diversification right then and there. Oh, okay. Then on top of that, being able to trade it as a stock uh, gives you the nimbleness of saying, okay, I want to get in, get a position, uh, make a little bit of a profit, and then get out. Oh. Or maybe I want to do some of the other things that you can do with a stock that you can't do with a regular mutual fund, like put a stop loss on it. Okay. So, so I can stop any kind of loss activity that may be occurring. Right, right, right. Right. Well, I tell you what, uh, uh, Brian is with Mass Mutual, as I said before. His offices are in Greenbelt. His telephone number is 20, I'm sorry, 301-242-3314. That's 301-242-3314. And there's a lot about money that we don't know. Yeah. And, and the idea of this program just as with law, is to try to bring in experts who know the area right. and who can give you information. Uh, you can contact Brian for 
your own personal consultation and 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 work uh, with you uh, at 301-242-3314, 301-242-3314. Uh, the phone lines are open if you want to call into WOL. Give us a call at 1-800-450-7876, 1-800-450-7876, and I'm sure Brian would be glad to answer any questions that you might have. Yep. Um, during the break, we got to talking about 401ks, 403bs, retirement plans, and mm -hmm. so on. And I want you to share with my audience what you said, because I had never heard what you said before. Okay. And I, 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 it's really important, I think, for people to understand this. Okay. Talk to, talk to my audience about this. Uh, what we were discussing was um, there's a real kind of hidden benefit for uh, participating in a 401k plan or a 403b plan, as well as as um, the ability to transfer uh, those assets if you leave from one employer and go to another employer. Mm -hmm. now, and just for information, if I may interrupt a little bit, 401ks, 403bs are retirement plans Correct. that are set up at your place of employment and they are pre-tax money Correct. that you can set aside for access to it when you retire, if exactly. you wish, okay? Exactly. And usually they're set up where you can personally contribute, and in many cases, your employer is contributing into that plan. As well. As well. Yeah. And so that's a nice way to, to save money. For your retirement. For your retirement. And I want to encourage everybody to take advantage of it. Yeah. I have people who have done that. If you're lucky enough to work for a company that gives you stock options or whatever, max out all that stuff. I have people who become million, multi-millionaires just by doing that. It can be easily done. It really can be. Yeah. It really can be. But you brought up another aspect that I have never heard before, and I okay. want you to, to share that with my audience, please. The plans themselves are governed by uh, the uh, ERISA, the Employment, Employee Retirement Income Securities Act, right. uh, which simply means that they are protected assets. And so, what does that mean? So that means that if someone wants to sue you or if a creditor wants to come against you, something along those lines, they cannot attach against those assets as far as being able to deplete those um, from your retirement savings. So, wow. So if you are in a car accident exactly and a judgment is rendered against you mm -hmm. and the judgment holder goes to attach your assets they can't touch the assets that are in your 401 or 403b plan or TSP right as long as they're remaining in that plan in that plan right okay now, so keep going if you take a distribution or if you do a transfer or a rollover, as some people call it, into mm -hmm. something like an IRA, individual retirement account, mm -hmm. uh, once the assets leave that 401k protection plan and they go into something called an IRA or individual retirement account, at that point, they are eligible to be attached. So someone could wow. come after those assets. Okay. So, there's so they, they can't attach if they're in the 403B or 401K or TSP. Correct. But if they go into an IRA, they can be attached Correct. by your creditors. Right. So what do you do? It depends on the state itself, but the majority of states um, have that clause that protection. in place. So right. the IRA can actually be attached. Okay. That. But um, so for the most part, 
if people want to really remain protected, they should really consider if they're going from one job to another job, they should really consider transferring those funds from their old 401k plan to their new 401k plan with their and, new employer. And that's something I never knew you could even do. Yes. Yeah. So if you were working for Boeing, for example, mm -hmm. and you have a 401k there, mm -hmm. and you're leaving there and you're going to work for American Airlines, let's right. just say. Yes. You can transfer your 401k from Boeing to the American Airlines 401k. And those assets still remain protected. And they remain protected. Right. Now, you have to do it direct to the direct, I would assume. You can't Correct. take it out and then put it in. Correct. Yeah, because that was an old mistake people used to make. They would take it out and then try and put it back in. Right. You know, you and I yeah. know the, with the Internal Revenue Service, once oh, you take possession. Oh, take it out. Yeah. <laughs> they want their piece. Uncle Sam got his hands all in it. Yes. yes. <laughs> so as long as you remain removed. Okay. And you don't actually take possession of the assets. Uh -huh. Right. They still remain protected. Okay. Right. So you can actually move from one plan to another plan. And mm -hmm. see that, I never heard that before. Mm -hmm. and, and the way you want to evaluate that is within the context of working with an advisor. A good advisor should be able to look at that new plan with your new employer and determine, hey, they've got some great investment choices. Uh, ah. The expenses of the plan are relatively low. This mm -hmm. is probably a good quality plan. It makes sense for you to move your assets from your old plan to this plan. So you don't just automatically do it is what you're saying. You need to really evaluate that within the context of working with an advisor to, okay. to make sure that you're doing the best steps. Okay, good. And that's one of the things that advisors do. Mm -hmm. And that is you can look at your employer's plan and say, is this a good plan or not? Right. So yeah. And a lot of people, when they look at their employer's plan, they're like, oh, my God, what are all these investment choices and what does all this mean? Yeah, you don't know. How do I go about that? I wouldn't know. So a good advisor can help you with all of that. Okay. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things advisors do is it's like anything else that you work with. You all work with money. Mm-hmm. And so you know what's a good investment and what's not. You can tell what the fees are. Yep. We can take a look at the um, expenses of the investment itself. Uh -huh. We also want to measure that in context to the performance of the investment. Right, right. As well as the risk of the investment. Do you look at how, um, how weighted, let me not use that term, how much, if, 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 if the plan has too much of the employer's stock in it, what was that company that imploded so oh, uh, big? En Enron. Enron, that was the one. <laughs> yeah, well, they were just buying their own shares. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there, there's still some plans out there that are heavily weighted uh, with the stock of the company. Uh-huh. Um, the, the challenge with that, now, that's... That's a great thing if it's inside of the 401k plan in that you can reallocate and it doesn't hurt you from a tax perspective. Okay. It can be a challenge or a difficult thing if the uh, stock of the company is coming to you in the form of an employee incentive. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> because then if you're doing any kind of uh, movement with that, that can become a taxable event. So I you see. need to be careful with that. Okay. So, so you definitely need an advisor to help you do something like that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's, I'm learning something myself here. <laughs> that is great to know. Talk to, 
tell my clients, my, my advisor, my, oh God, my, my audience, mm -hmm. especially the younger ones, what other benefits are there to saving for retirement while you're young? Okay. Um, well, let's go back with the retirement plan that we were discussing before. Saving for retirement while you're young. Okay. Um, well, let's go back with the retirement plan that we were discussing, the 401k and the 403b as an example. Yes. Um, one is you can, with just little dollars, I'm talking about maybe $25 a month, not per pay period. Really? Just $25 a month. Uh -huh. um, just that little bit could make a world of difference for you for your retirement. Plus, in addition, remember that $25 that you're contributing to your employer's plan is a deduction for you. It's tax deductible. That's meaning, true. Meaning that when you get your end of your statement for um, your employer, there's going to be two separate amounts. There's going to be an amount that's reportable for the Social Security, what you actually earned. Right. And then there's going to be a different amount showing what you're actually going to be taxed on. And the right. Right. The difference between those two amounts is what you put as a contribution to your, employer, time. your employer's plan. So that's a... So you're making the money, you're saving the money in a format that's deductible. Correct. So you're paying less taxes as well. Correct. That's excellent. That's and excellent. To that know. by itself is, would be exciting. Then you add on top of that, the employer a lot of times they have an incentive to mm -hmm. make a contribution on your behalf through profit sharing. Very good. So you're just by you participating in the plan like I said, just as little as $25 a month, you're also able now to unlock the employer putting additional funds toward your With return. With your $25, right. your $25. Right. And if you leave that in for long enough, that $25 grows like crazy. Yeah. It can really move. Yeah. 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 So I want to encourage all the young people out there to start contributing as much as you can, but even $25 a month, like you say, will make a difference. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times that's because um, um, two things kind of hinder young people from uh, taking advantage of the plan. One is they think that they are in a position where they have no disposable income or I can't participate in the plan because I need all my money. I need all my money. Yes. <laughs> I've heard that. Yes. Right. Uh -huh. And the other thing that hinders them uh, is because they're in their mind, they're not exactly sure if they're married or tied to the organization that they're working with. Mm -hmm. So because of their uh, transient position, since they're going from one company to another, they're, they're in their mind, they're thinking, well, what's the point? Yeah, I'm not going to be here that long I'm not anyway. Be here that long. Yeah. Right. And that goes back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago, that that plan is portable. It transfers with you. Now, you have to do some I steps, never knew that. but yeah. it's portable. That's good to know. Right. We're, we're talking today with Mr. Brian Dorsey of Mass Mutual of Greater Washington. His telephone number is 301-242-3314. You can find him on Facebook. Just put in Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Dorsey, D-O-R-S-E-Y, uh, on Facebook, or you go to advisors.massmutual.com and put in Brian-Dorsey, and you will find him there as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for, for, for you know, sharing your information with us. What are the other elements of financial planning that you as an advisor 
consult with people. Oh, and if you have questions, please do call in 1-800-450-7876. One of the other areas um, that you had mentioned a few few minutes ago when you had, uh, referred to the young lady who had um, a series of CDs, yes. certificates of deposit. Yes, um, very common. Right. One of the aspects that I like to deal with is cash reserves or emergency funds. Okay. Um, a lot of people, first of all, when I talk about it, a lot of people aren't even thinking of that. What is that? What is an emergency fund? Mm. What are cash reserves? Which tells me, okay, we need to talk about this because you haven't yeah. put it in place. You haven't even thought about it. <laughs> we know you need it. Yes. Right. So, um, and those, of course, have typical rules, um, you know, whether you should be saving at least three months of your expenses mm-hmm. and have that set aside or whether it's six months. What do you recommend? Uh, funny that you asked me that question. Yes. <laughs> and, and the reason I say that, and that's another reason you should be working with a professional, is those are rule of thumb issues as far as three months or six months, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Typically, when I ask my clients, I ask them, I say, okay. Mr. Jones, mm-hmm. if you were to lose your job today, Which is happening a lot. Right. If you were to lose your job today, mm-hmm. how long would it take for you to get another job at That's the same a, income level or better? That's a better way of looking at it. Right. Yeah. And if the answer to that question is, oh, it would take me three months, great. Then we should have about three, maybe four months as far as a cash reserve cushion. Oh, no, it would probably take me about a year. Guess ah, what? You need a year? We need about a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to cover that period of time that you are potentially exposed where you're no longer making the level working. of income that you were. And I'm getting a lot of clients and friends who are older, mm-hmm. who are changing jobs. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, there's so much turmoil in certain industries. People are getting fired. Yep. They're getting laid off. They're getting new bosses that they can't stand. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're getting pushed out. Yep. Uh, they're getting, because of their age or just a whole new way of looking at things, yep. a whole new crew comes in and they want to change, yep. you know? Well, the, the administration has made some wonderful changes in that area. Oh, so. Lord help yes <laughs> yes yes i've had several lawyers on recently to talk about uh discrimination age discrimination uh racial religious and so on like that mm-hmm. but the reality is the same it is you don't have a job right or you're getting ready to be without a paycheck exactly and you really need to take precaution for right. that and cover yourself and cover yourself right and it's better to be overcovered than not mm-hmm. wow that's good advice right. and then the other areas i deal with are um as pertaining to risk is is from the insurance arena so looking at things like you know uh disability protection yeah which a lot of people i'm so surprised sometimes when i'm running across and discussing it with clients that a lot of people don't think of that arena mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they'll they're more common more familiar with life insurance yes yes uh, very few are really familiar with the benefits and aspects of disability of disability yeah yeah but after a certain age they stop giving you disabilities don't they it's it's by contract typically age 65 however 
You can actually extend that. Uh-huh. Uh, you can extend that in some cases, depending on the carrier, as long as age 75. Okay. So okay. for people who are working a little bit longer. Yeah, which uh, a lot of people are these right, days. Yeah. Which is a common uh, uh-huh. arena. Right now, you can extend that uh, in writing and uh, to the carrier itself, sometimes without even having to go through any kind of insurability all over again. As okay. Far as, you know, then also, even if you already have disability, you might be able to extend it longer. Right. Well, that's good to know. Right. That's good for people to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know they used to tell me once you get eligible for Medicare, mm-hmm. they kind of s- stop the disability piece. And what does that cover? What does that cover? You mean Medicare itself? No, 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 no. Disability. Disability insurance. Right. Well, disability insurance really is a, a method of saying, hey, if I can no longer um, create an income, i.e. E, e, either I can no longer work, Mm-hmm. Or maybe I can work, but I can no longer work in the same capacity that I was in before. Right. Think of a um, um, surgeon as an example. Yeah. Um, a surgeon maybe hurts somehow, maybe one or two of their fingers. Mm, or maybe that hurts, would do it. Right, hurts their wrist. Yeah. So they can no longer really uh, do surgery. Perform surgery. Right. Yeah. But they can teach. Yeah, yeah. The program is dedicated to empowering people, and we talk about how you use the law to do that, but we also talk about how you use money mm-hmm. in finance. And and uh, I have in the studio with me today Brian Dorsey, who is a fully licensed financial advisor, a financial planner. Uh, uh, he's with Mass Mutual now. He was with the Ameriprise for a while. Yes. During the break, we were talking about people that we know in common, definitely. Right. Uh, Brian, tell me, how do you check out an advisor? If Let's say you're considering using somebody, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure this person isn't going to run off with your money. They haven't done things that have hurt or harmed other people because there is that fear. A lot of people have been hurt. Yep. Uh, especially in past generations trying to do good mm-hmm. and, and, and they've been hurt. So where can a person go? Is there a, a public place that you can go to check out a broker or an advisor? Yes. Well, th- and that's uh, one of the key credentials is first and foremost, they should be, whoever you're going to consider working with, should be a registered investment advisor. What's, what does that mean? Well, um, that means that they are actually registered through either the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, or oh. through FINRA, uh, which is the regulatory organization for Spell what FINRA, what does that mean? Um, I can't remember the acronym. is F-I-N-R-A. F-I-N-R-A. Right, okay. And actually, if you go to Google or go to their website, it's going to be titled F-I-N-R-A. F-I-N-R-A, mm-hmm. okay. And if you go to FINRA... Do they have a place where you can check out an individual person? Right. Let's say you met Mr. John Lewis, and he claims that he can manage your money for you, and okay? Do, and do the world for you, right. And do the world for you. He's right. going to be, and how do you know if he's not a Bernie Madoff or, or right. one of those kind of characters? Exactly. How, how can you, I mean, but I'm serious. I'm, uh, how do you, is there a way to check out an advisor? Yes. So if you go to that website, to FINRA, F-I-N-R-A dot what? Dot org. Dot org. Okay. All right. If you go to that website, there's a feature on there, I believe it's on the left-hand side, it's called Broker Check. Broker check. All right. And from that, you can check both an individual and you can check 
a company as well. Oh, you all can right. Check both. Uh huh. And uh, it will bring you up to a page that shows a report on uh, both the individual as well as if you want to research on the company also. So you put in Mr. John Lewis's name or mm -hmm. whatever their name is, mm -hmm. and number one, their name should come up. And if they don't come up, that's a red flag right there. Exactly, because that may mean that they are not a registered investment advisor. Okay. Right. All right. Um, so let's suppose that we actually put in John Lewis and it actually comes up. Okay. Then you want to, on that report, you want to look for a few key items. One is you want to see, have they had any disciplinary action? All right. <clears throat> disciplinary means just that the FINRA as well as the SEC are regulatory organizations that regulate investment advisors. Okay. So, so you don't just hang out a shingle and start taking people's money? No. Okay, so the Securities Exchange Commission, which is SEC, mm -hmm. monitors and re first they register you. And right. you, how do you get registered? You well, those licenses that I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh -huh. that you mentioned that I'm licensed with. Once you um, obtain those licenses, your fingerprints, your name, your social security number, everything about you is um, uh, a profile is developed with the SEC and as well as FINRA. Okay, so you want to find out, ladies and gentlemen, whoever you are giving your money to or hiring to manage your money, what licenses do they have? Mm -hmm. And you can just ask and say, do you have a, what, what are the most common ones, Brian? Um, well, at a minimum, that it, whoever you're considering working with should have a Series 7, which enables them to talk to you about stocks and bonds and mutual So firms. you can't just up and read the paper and then say, hang out a shingle, and I'm going to tell you what kind of stocks to buy. No, you have to be licensed. Okay, and that means taking a test. Right. All right? Okay. Okay. So at least a Series 7. At least a Series 7. If they're going to talk to you about entering into some kind of uh, uh, fee-based arrangement, which some people are doing nowadays instead of, you know, paying the old commission traditional, mm -hmm. uh, they need to have a Series 66 or a Series 6 and 63. Okay. Okay. Right. Very good. Right. Now, does this apply to people that sell insurance? No, it's a little if, different, I if, think. If they if they're selling insurance and they are not registered as an investment advisor, then they probably can only talk to you about insurance only. Ah, right. okay, that's good to know. So if somebody comes to you and they say, I'm going to sell you insurance and I'm going to do investments for you, mm -hmm. they should be licensed with FINRA. Correct. Okay. If they're just selling you insurance, then that's all they should do for you. They should not be trying to get you to invest in the stock market or take your money to invest it in the stock market. Correct, except there's one little wrinkle we need to throw into that, and okay. that wrinkle is there, there's a product that's out nowadays. Uh, it's called an equity index, either equity index annuity or equity index insurance, mm -hmm. which is a fancy way of saying it's, it's labeled as a fixed product, Mm -hmm. which means that the insurance agent does not really need to get licensed oh. because it's labeled as a fixed product, but I see. it's actually tied to the market. To the market. So. Okay. Okay. Right. Now, if somebody puts in Brian Dorsey into that FINRA, F-I-N-R-A dot O-R-G, mm -hmm. what do they find out about you? 
Uh, they will find out about my uh, licensing. They will find out about my education. They will find out about my background, uh, what companies I've worked with. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they will also discover that uh, if they're looking, if they're looking for any kind of um, discrepancies or have I been reported or have it, if it, has anything been bought against me as far as a regulatory organization, they will find that there is nothing there as far as a regulatory organization and that there are also no client complaints. So, so, and how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this a little over 17 years. Okay, so you have no complaints, but if let's say somebody is wanting to talk to somebody else or another agent has come to them mm -hmm. and they're considering hiring and because when you hire an agent, you also start giving them your money or they, they get access to your money. I, I, that's why you hire them. Yes. So any agent that's taking your money for investment purposes, you should go to FINRA, FINRA.org, and you can find all that information out. Yep, and check them out. And check them out. Right. Okay, so I want to encourage everyone to do that. It just, I mean, just check them out. Right. Just check them out. Yeah, that's good information. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a little story on that. I had a client of mine who's been a client of mine for quite some time, mm -hmm. um, and they were considering going to working with another advisor. It was closer to them, uh, mm -hmm. logistics-wise. Uh -huh. um, and I said, okay, that's fine, but what I want you to do is make sure you check that other advisor out before, mm -hmm. before you consider, before you move over. Before yeah. you consider making that move. Mm -hmm. uh, long story short, when they did their check on FINRA.org, mm -hmm. uh, they found out this potential advisor that they were going to put their funds with uh, had three uh, delinquencies reported against them wow. as far as um, uh, cases that were brought against them for complaints. Wow, wow, that's scary. Right, and involving quite a bit of money and so forth. So, right. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, check that out before you give your money to somebody or go to use them to, to determine how your retirement should or your savings or whatever it might be, go to FINRA, F-I-N-R-A <coughs> dot O-R-G. It's a great resource. Under broker yep. and use that as a resource. Yep. I can't believe how quickly the time has gone, but yep. it has gone fast. Give give out your, your contact information again, please, okay. Brian, please. So, again, I'm located uh, in Greenbelt, Maryland. Um, specifically 6411 Ivy Lane uh, in Greenbelt, Maryland. And my telephone number is 301-242-3314. And again, if I could uh, say one more quick thing. Sure. Um, I had been working with Ethel uh, Mitchell over the years for probably a little bit, six, seven years. I At know. least, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. And I love to work with um, uh, people that are... Um, part of my go-to's mm -hmm. for uh, certain issues that I'm dealing with with financial planning, specifically around the states. Thank and, you. And usually when I'm dealing with uh, with a client and I say, hey, we're at that point where we need to talk about some of your uh, estate issues, <laughs> I said, I've got the perfect person I need to well, talk thank to. thank you. So, thank you very much, Brian. Yeah. It's been an absolute joy working with you for all of these years, and I'm looking forward to so many more. So. Well, thank you, Brian. And I did not pay him to say that. I did not <laughs> know he was going to say that. But thank you very much. And mm -hmm. it's it's been my pleasure to work with with you too because mm -hmm. I've noticed you really know your clients well you care about them mm -hmm. 
you're one of the few advisors who physically come to the meetings with your clients. Yeah. And that's and 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 are there with them to walk them through that process. Yeah. So, so he's a very caring person, and um, uh, he's certainly someone that if you are interested in in having somebody to help you plan your financial future, you should consider definitely working with him. Give him a call at 301-242-3314. If you have any estate issues, you can definitely give me a call at 240-638-2828. It's really hard to believe, but the time has gone so fast. (laughs) Is there anything that you would like to say as a kind of closing about really critical things that you find that people need to take care of? Um, A couple of things. One is, especially within our community, I would really love it if more people would actually take action and work with uh, a financial professional, a competent financial professional. Um, Secondly is um, I would love for our community to get a little bit more serious about not only their cash reserves as far as their emergency spending, but also get a little bit more serious about this investment arena. Uh, We're leaving a lot of money on the table unnecessarily. So Mm -hmm. that's good advice because people don't realize I was looking at something the other day. We don't realize that money makes money Mm -hmm. and that we really want to get more people into that arena where, okay, you're working for your money, but then make your money work for you. Exactly. And that's what investing really is. That's the difference between simply saving, which is what you do when you put money in a checking account or savings account. Correct. And investing where, at least in theory, the idea is you're making that money work Work for you. Yep. That's the objective. Exactly. And 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 as if we knew more about that, I think we would be a much wealthier community, both individually and collectively. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your advice because I think it's well it's well spoken, it's well said, and it's important that we understand this very important part of our society. Mm-hmm. The investment world, more of us need to get into, you know, we really need to get into it. So it's, you start, most people start with the 401k. It's an easy place to start. To start. Right. Then you, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you determine when you're ready for an investment advisor? is there, can you just quickly, yeah. kind of, because we're almost out of time, yeah. really, I should have asked you that earlier, but. Yeah. The, the school of thought is a lot of people think that you need to have a lot of uh, dollars to work with an investment advisor, mm-hmm. and it's actually really contrary.